Jackie Biter, a.k.a. The Merrick, and my stalwart co-host is Casey Valker, uh, a.k.a. Chaz Voltaire, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you may know us from other podcasts as Towelite Talk, Those Geeks You Know, and anything else that's on the internet oh that I don't gosh. remember. Anything that's under Towelite Talk, Gourmet Scum Radio, and, and don't forget a towel, the website. And if you're joining us from any of those, Welcome. Uh, today we've got a couple. Uh, we've got a really interesting game called Don't Starve, and it's multiplayer companion Don't Starve Together. And we've got some beers from Dark Horse, specifically the Raspberry Ale, and a local beer from Craft Brewer, CB Craft Brewers. It's Night Owl Cream Porter, which we'll get into those a little bit more as we move forward. Um, first up is going to be the Dark Horse Raspberry Ale. It is an ale with raspberries added. Okay. Uh, you can't see the parentheses I'm putting around that, but um, <laughs> they can they can feel the parentheses. You can feel the parentheses. Uh, so Dark Horse Brewing it is out of Marshall, Michigan, and it started as a brew pub, and they've been around since 1997. I want to say that sounds like a good year. Sounds yeah. like a good year. They've been around some point. We'll put actual information in the show notes, but <laughs> um, let's uh, let's pour some of this and see how it tastes. This is my first time having it, but I. This is also my first time having it, so very excited, though. Um, what color would you call that? Um, I would say it's kind of like a dark amber. There's a little bit of a pinkish hue to it. It kind of actually looks a little bit less pink than, like, Harpoon Raspberry UFO. I'd say it's an iced tea color. Yeah, I would say it's an iced tea color. It looks like a raspberry iced tea. Yep, it smells like a proper beer. It smells um, like a raspberry beer. <laughs> properly, sorry. Properly a raspberry beer. You don't drink as much raspberry beer as I do. I did, so. obviously. Um, but yeah, it smells It smells like a beer not... My primary compa- complaint with berry beers is that they can be super awful sweet, or they can be like not fruity at all. So uh, we're going to see how this one is. Cheers. Cheers to that. All right. All right. Yeah, it's the raspberry is not as front and center. You definitely taste the ale component. Well, now a little bit of the aftertaste. I am starting to get a little bit more of the berry. I I like it. It's it's I, very drinkable. It's very drinkable. It actually really to me does taste like iced tea. <laughs> like yeah, raspberry it's like a iced raspberry tea. a raspberry iced tea with a little bit a little bit of a kick to it. Just not as sweet. Um, yeah. Definitely. Not too sweet. And uh, so my grandma, um, growing up, she had, I don't know, a raspberry bush in her backyard. So we used to pick raspberries when we were kids. And um, so I've really found memories of raspberries. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of my favorite berries. <laughs> and this is uh, this is good. This is, like, very complimentary. And um, we'll, I guess, what, we'll go a little bit deeper into the beer uh, a bit later. Mm-hmm. Do we want to go into the Night Owl now? Or do you want to save it for a little bit? I don't know. What do you want to do? Uh, we can, we can, we can go with the night owl too. But we're gonna have to find more glasses. I think I'll get some more glasses. You start telling us a little bit about Dark Horse, or no, not Dark. Don't start. Tell us about Don't Start. Don't start. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll be right back. 
Yeah. So Don't Starve is made by Klee Entertainment. I think that's how it's pronounced. They are also known for a game called Invisible Ink and announced Invisible Ink 2. That's a stealth game. Uh, Don't Starve and Don't Starve Together are basically a survival horror game. Um, Don't Starve Together, you can play multiplayer, um, as we mentioned before. In news, there is actually another DLC coming out for the single player called Shipwrecked, so it'll be interesting to see what they include with that, because they um, already had the Reign of Giants expansion, which has more enemies, additional characters, and things like that. The style of the game, from an artistic standpoint, is it looks like it's very much inspired by Tim Burton. Uh, we, My friend and I, we like it a lot because it's a very unique art style. Yeah, I... I think it really looks like Tim Burton just decided to like take his drawings and go, here you go, why don't you guys uh, make a game out of my creepy mind? And um, <laughs> the music is a little Danny Elfman-esque as well, so... What do you think the age range would be for this game, though? I would... It can be a little bit scary at points, so I would say probably 12 and older. Um, kids... It would depend on the child that was playing the game... But, I mean, for the most part, it's hunting and gathering and fighting really obnoxious frogs and things like that. But um, I would say anywhere from 12 and up. Of course, if your kid is very sensitive, it may not be a good game for them at all. And I hear that Candy Crush is still a lot of fun. Candy Crush is definitely um, fun. So is Minecraft. (laughs) Exactly. There are other games for those types of children. Um, We're not here to judge. But... uh, So tell... Me, what you thought... Let's, I mean, let's go more into the game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think, like, the first time playing this game? Uh, a, that it's hard as fuck. Yeah. Uh, it, you do <laughs> We're driving to... our... Driving a fuck, okay. Let's yeah, go. <laughs> so it's, you, it's an adjustment. You If you die, you lose everything. Basically, you start all over, and the map changes every time you die. So the first time I played it, you know, I, I didn't understand the strategy or anything like that. And basically, my strategy became find branches, find flint, make your first axe. Oh, wait. We got to tell these people what it's about. Oh, yeah. Let's tell you guys. Okay, so if you've never, <laughs> if you've never played Don't Starve, um, let's tell them what it's about. But first, let's pour this night owl. Yep. And, and so, yeah, let's do the night owl, and I'll make a... Here we go. Wow. That is... Thick. Yeah. This is like very viscous. It's a it's a it's a porter. It's a cream porter. porter. Is there milk in this? Am I Uh, worried? I don't think so. I I don't don't think they actually put milk in beer, do they? The they do milk stouts. They do, Do and there's some other ones that they have that'll have like a lactose in it. But I don't think enough that you would. Casey, fun fact: he's allergic to lactose, or he's at least intolerant of it. (laughs) He's intolerant of lactose. He's yeah. tolerant of many other things, just not dairy. Just not dairy. Uh, all right. You want to try this? Yeah, let's give it a shot. All right. Definitely, it smells like dark coffee. Yeah. Like a black coffee, and you definitely get that. It tastes like a coffee. It does taste like coffee. And then... I mean, we're going to have pictures up, you know, on the Facebook, um, Instagram, and all the social medias, all these beers. Uh, cool... It's, I actually really like this cover. <laughs> yeah. Uh, an owl holding a beer and possibly smoking on a cigar. 
Yeah, like not. Oh, he is smoking a cigar. Yeah, it's super weird. <laughs> they have CB brews a lot of beers, which we're gonna feature here. If you don't like one of them, you're certain to enjoy another one. They make a beer called Caged Alpha Monkey, which is arguably their most popular brew. It's very. That's a good one. It's a very good yeah. one, and you can even find it in like towny bars around here. It's absolutely insane. But um, if you go to their tasting room in Honeyway Falls, it's this like small, unassuming building in the middle of nowhere, and they have 25 different beers that you can try at any given time, and you will absolutely be shocked at the number of places that they brew for. I won't say who they are because they may not want that to be publicly disclosed that somebody else is brewing their beer, but there's so much variety of that. <laughs> um, and they've been around for a while, but uh, this is probably one of my favorite beers from them. This one? Yep, the Night Owl Cream Porter is one of my favorites. Um, there are a couple of them that I haven't tried yet, and I'm hoping to soon. Uh, there, Hopefully we'll be featuring more of them on the podcast and other media outlets, but um, it's a very good local brewery. If you happen upon any of their brews, absolutely 100% support them because they're pretty awesome, and the people that work there are pretty cool too. Yeah, this is... Um... This is a tasty beverage. Uh, we'll go into a little bit more of like the, I guess, the logistics behind the beverage <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, later on. So, all right. So, yeah. Don't Starve is very hard. Mm-hmm. And the music's awesome. And I tried it for the first time last week um, in preparation for this podcast because I'd never played it before. I'd just seen like the artwork and I was like, oh, this looks really cool. I actually really had no idea what the game was about. Like, I usually have some idea, but I just remember, like, seeing the pictures, like, on my PlayStation network and going, oh, all right, this looks like a Tim Burton-inspired game, um, which it is. But, uh, yeah, hard as fuck. It is super hard. I kept dying. I, I texted Jackie, and I said, this is a really hard game. And then I proceeded to send in my strategies, which involve get twigs, yes. get flint, build an axe, get wood, find a place to camp. <laughs> yes. And oh, then, that's what we gotta do. We gotta tell them about the yeah. game. So like, what the plot, is this game? The plot of the game is this guy is working on an experiment. His name is... We, Wilson. 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 We debated this earlier. Or Winslow, but it's Wilson. Winslow. It's something that starts with a W. <laughs> and this voice cries out to him in the night and is like, I have some forbidden knowledge for you. And so he's like, oh, I want this forbidden knowledge. So he builds this like <laughs> contraption and like fuels it with his own lifeblood. And this turns out to be a really terrible idea. Never get forbidden knowledge from a stranger. If that any, is the key to all video games. If a disembodied voice offers you secret knowledge... You, it's not worth the cost. That's your public service announcement <laughs> for the day. But it does make for compelling gameplay. It does. So um, this this being Maxwell traps you in this crazy ass place that's gonna probably get you killed and most likely will. You first. will die. There's you, no way you, you can die. die. It's just a matter of when and how. Um, <laughs> I Casey hasn't made it very far, but I've gotten I think at least to like day seven or nine. The logistics of that are a little sketchy, so I don't quite remember. But at some point, stuff starts just, like, randomly attacking you. Like, a pack of dogs will come find you and kill you. And I was playing Don't Starve Together with a couple friends, and we got attacked by the dogs, and we survived the dogs, but then I forgot to eat. So I starved, even though the title of the game specifically tells you not to. It's the first rule of the game, and one of the most important. (laughs) You have so many balls in the air with this game that you're like... (laughs) 
ah, I'm not going to starve, I'm not going to starve. And then you forget, oh, I didn't build a fire. And then the darkness encroaches and you're dead because something killed you. And it's just, it's frustrating and fun all at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it uses a day and night element. So there's a, I don't really know how long it is, probably maybe 10 minutes to go through an entire day. I don't feel like it's that long of a time. No, no, and you can, um, in the single player campaign, you can modify your map so you can have longer day, you can have longer night. Obviously, that's going to be impacted a little bit because depending on what time of year it is, because seasons also come into play. Yeah. How long dusk will be. And dusk is basically like, it's going to get dark, so you need to either get back to your camp or build a fire or it kind of clues you in that stuff's about to change really quick and you need to get on that. Um, but then once night actually falls, if you don't have some type of light source, you're basically... You're done. You're dead in the you're water. You're done. So. Yeah, I went around, um, as a way to, like, survive, I went into a forest and just started lighting the forest on fire <laughs> at night so that I could, like... And it's cool, so they work in colors really well in the game, um... It's all kind of muted tones. I mean, even during the daytime, it's got like a, I want to say like an orange hue over it. Mm-hmm. And then once it gets, I mean, you can still tell that greens are greens and blues are blues, etc. And then at dusk, it's all like really amber colored mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing. And then of course at night, at first there is a little bit of a, what, like a little bit of a blue where you can still mm-hmm. see and you don't need your light source, and then it's completely, completely black. But um, I really enjoy the time, the dusk time, mm-hmm. um, just kind of walking around and, like, how you can hardly see anything. I just mm-hmm. thought that was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it's just a different element to a game that you don't see it. And I think, like, uh, what is it, Klee, Cly Entertainment, like, however you spell it, um... It, it's not an overly complicated game in the sense, like, you don't have to think too hard about it, but there's a lot of strategy also that's involved in it. Mm-hmm. And you have to be you have to be conscious of the decisions that you're making, uh, especially if you're playing with other people. Like, we would have somebody who would prioritize getting fuel for the fire. We'd have somebody who So you all survive together, because I haven't yeah. played... Yeah. Survive together. So, yeah, so you, um, basically you either join a server or somebody starts a server and then all of you are in this environment and basically the way that we set it up was we, you know, would designate people to do certain things like I would go gather food and wood and like stone and stuff like that. Somebody else would go and find meat, um, or go attack some spiders to get us silk and other, you know, components for things, and then we would just, like, converge on the camp, we built a campfire, and then we would, like, share our supplies, um, to keep everybody from dying. Uh, in the, in the multiplayer version, you can build what's called a telltale heart, which is kind of like a so from power Poe. It's like a phoenix down for your, like, teammates. No, I know, but the, the Poe... Yeah, yeah, based yeah. on that. So, <laughs> like, as you can say, like, the creepiness just continues with this title. Um, but it's... It's it's a lot of fun. Even my husband liked it. He doesn't play a lot of indie games, but I gave him... A friend actually bought it for me during the Steam summer sale and gifted me a second copy, which I then gifted to my husband, and the three of us have played together, and it's just it's just a, it's a good time. 
It's a bonding experience. It is a bonding experience. <laughs> we don't actually want to go into a situation where we have to survive right. real life, but um, <laughs> it's an indication of what our marriage would be if we were faced with that type of decision. <laughs> and a lot of it was my husband screaming at me to bring him another beer, which I didn't do. I think I brought him like a double shot of bourbon or something like that. Yeah. He instantly regretted that. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. So that's just some of the shenanigans. If we ever get my friend Jesse on the program, you will, you'll probably hear more stories than I'm comfortable with you hearing. So Jesse, if you're listening, come on, bud. <laughs> I got a, I got a couch. You can sleep on my Yeah, couch. I want to hear it. Um, get up here. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I, I personally, I mean, obviously we're, we're doing an indie game podcast and, and, and show and everything. And, um, like I love indie games like this that sets us apart from a triple A game because like I said, it's not, they're not spending millions of dollars on this game. The studio is probably two people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe 10 people at most for something like that. I think No Man's Sky, um... I, which I would consider an indie game, mm-hmm. I think they were, like, ten people. And now, and, like, their studio is bigger, and I think, like, just the people working on No Man's Sky is, is a small group. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I appreciate that, like, just the just the elements that they put in there, like, the difference of the, of the characters, like, the uh, pig people, and the different monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of references to I felt like there was a lot of references to like uh nursery rhyme type mm-hmm. stuff um like the blow your house down sort of thing with the pigs um also 50s movie monsters with like the tentacle that like came up out of the ground I mean maybe um some Lucas Arts stuff a little bit <laughs> yeah. like just how you're gathering things and you have that inventory and that kind of reminded me of like the old Lucas Arts games and um the classic I mean this is a point and click game pretty much as well yeah so I don't know it was like it's it's fun in the difficulty level I mean I could see like I read a little bit of like the critics reviews of it and I mean I can't remember what the Metacritic rating is or Games Radar rating is. Um, it was high. It was like above seventies, but the complaints were it's too hard, or the praise was it's too hard. Yeah, like the pros and the cons are this is a really difficult game, but I had a great time playing it. Yeah, and I think it's just that you know it's it sets itself apart from like I said the triple A's because you get like that more. Um, I don't know what the word would be, but like honing in on, on certain elements that make for fun gameplay. And uh, as much as I like, I like a Assassin's Creed, or even as far as like a Batman, which I love. It's the same formula over and over again. And mm-hmm. indie games have to set themselves apart from those because they don't have a formula yet. Yeah, <laughs> and they can and they can make a game that they themselves want to play because when you're dealing with an indie title. Granted, yeah, it's a huge financial risk for the people that are making it. Oh, yeah. Some of these people, this is their part-time job. They have a day job, and they're just making this on the side. Or you've got, like, a small indie studio that's just starting, and if it's not a success, they're basically tossing money into the air and uh, (laughs) out the window. But uh, I think that the risks that this game takes are, you know, they they have the common elements. It's kind of like what Nintendo does. Um... They do the same thing. They do things that are familiar. Yeah. But indie studios are able to kind of just take those fun elements and do something completely different with them. Because anybody can make a point-and-click game, I would deduce. 
Yeah. But <laughs> let's make like, one, Jay. <laughs> yeah, let's make one. It's like, yeah. And, and there's some indie developer right now who's like, she has no idea what she's talking about. And right. We are not coders. We are not, we're uh, not coders. designers at all. I can, no. I can make a game in Twine. Oh, okay. It's text-based only, but <laughs> I can do it. Um, but yeah, I just I think that the, the game itself is very well done. It's very difficult. If you're looking for a game that's not going to punish you, this is probably not it. But... Um, it's, it's a learning experience, so you'll know, okay, I need to do this next time, or maybe I need to do this or this before I do this, or this part of the map kind of sucks, so maybe I need to go find a part of the map that's like this. Yeah, and I think that, yeah, coming from, like, the different forging things that you have to get, um, like Jackie mentioned before, you have to make weapons, armor, traps, campfires... What else? Because um, it's got to be gather a little... flowers so that you don't go crazy. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Like, don't you wear like a necklace of flowers you can or make something? A, you make a floral garland. Okay, and you, yeah. And you wear that, and that yeah. keeps you sane. Yeah. <laughs> for a period of time, and um, as you as you progress in the game, you unlock different characters. I unlocked. You start with Wilson. The first one that I unlocked is she's called like the Firestarter or something like that. And she's this like creepy little girl who kind of reminds me a little bit of Wednesday Adams. Okay. And she has the lighter and like she can set things. This is place. like so Tim Burton, man. Yeah. yeah. And as and as you go, like you unlock more people. If you uh, the big difference in that regard is the longer you live, the more XP you get. The m- the characters you're able to unlock with the single player. Most of those characters are already unlocked if you're playing Don't Starve Together. It is also worth mentioning that Don't Starve Together, I believe, is still in alpha or beta. So it's still a little buggy, but it's still a pretty solid game. Um, but th- that those elements are a little bit different because you can pick, I guess, because not everybody can play Wilson. Yeah. Like, people could play Wilson if they want. Everybody could. But it makes for a little bit more variety. There's one I've played that's like, she's like a creepy twin. And she has a dead twin that'll like come find her. That sounds... Yeah, it's, this is not for children. It's right? not <laughs> for children, no. There's no blood and guts, but it's I mean, still creepy enough. Unless the parents are, like, horror writers, and maybe this is, like... Yeah, for my kid, when I have a kid, this will be fine, because yeah. they'll be already have watched Evil Dead. <laughs> yeah, they'll be like, by the time they're five, they've already seen all... All the, the Freddies. Yeah, every season of Walking Dead. I have a I have a friend, his kid, his favorite movie ever is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. His kid is... He has two kids, a girl and a guy, and uh, I think they are, like, seven and four, and those kids have both seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre multiple times, and I'm just like, and then I have, like, my nephew, who's eight, and he, like, is deathly afraid of blood, and it's just like, how do you... Yeah. How (laughs) This kid's watching Texas Chainsaw ripping off people's faces. I don't know. Anyways, different parroting, different strokes for different folks. Um... Let's get into these beers, right? Yeah, so uh, the reason why we selected the Dark Horse Raspberry Ale was because in the game, one of the main food sources is a berry. Yeah. So um, I thought that something that had a berry element to it would be delicious, and it has thus proven that it is. I actually, well, I'll leave my final, like, I think we should do, like, a final judgment of the beers as well Mm -hmm. as the game, like, whatever, out of Mm -hmm. ten or out of five Mm -hmm. or whatever. But I will say right now that the raspberry ale, I believe, is better than the uh, the night owl. Yeah, the night owl. The night owl is. We selected that one obviously because it's night and it's a dark beer. Yeah. And the night is dangerous. And actually, the beer bills itself as 
A beer as dark and tranquil as the night. I would say that fits the game. <laughs> I mean, it really does. And then there's also the dichotomy. That this is a lighter beer. It's got that like that dusk color to it. Yeah. And then the night, and then you know, the the day beer you're not going to drink during the day. I like the uh, so the like I said, we'll put the pictures up and everything. But the dark horses has like a a bee going after a raspberry, which also reminds me of my grandma's house. Um, <laughs> very much so. Mm-hmm. Getting stung by bees on a regular basis. Ouch. Um, so, it is, let's see here, it's 5% uh, alcohol uh, by volume. Um, a fruit and vegetable beer. That's a classification, which, fruit that's or a, vegetable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, availability year-round. And a, a curious thing is that on the ratebeer.com, it's, it was rated the 29th out of 13,000 other beers. It was the, the brewery, not the, the brewery. beer. But the brewery. Oh, the brewery. Yeah, Dark Horse, they're apparently a very, very, very good brewery. So well, um, yeah. if you're out in that part of Michigan, consider yourselves very fortunate. But um, the label looks pretty cool, and uh, the beer is actually pretty decent. Um I totally, I'm drinking this for the first time on the podcast. I went on a beer run over the weekend and uh, kind of just picked up a bunch of stuff. The fruit of those labors you will probably hear about soon. Um, <laughs> on subsequent podcasts. I actually grabbed this one while I was looking for another beer that oh, we reviewed really? at some point. In the for this game or? Um, for just like, maybe for this game, but there are a couple of other games where a raspberry beer might be appropriate. Um. It is very good. I felt like there could be a little bit more raspberry flavor, but then again, my frame of reference is that I drink Harpoon Raspberry UFO like it's my job. Um, But this one is actually very, very good. I would almost think of this as like a late summer, early fall beer. It seems like it would be something that would be kind of cool to just like hang out on your back porch, yeah. watch the leaves turn colors, and... Play Don't Starve. <laughs> play Don't Starve, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think um, I think you did a really good job with, with picking this one, and I think that the... Given that the game has many different seasons in it, and you have the different time periods, I think that it fits the theme of the game perfectly. It's a good match to... This is the type of beer that I would drink while I play this game, and I'm constantly looking for berries. Or maybe that's going to drive you insane, that you're drinking a raspberry beer after all you've been doing is foraging for berries in the game. Exactly. And you need a flower necklace (laughs) to sain you. I'm seeing them in my sleep. (laughs) Where can I get more berries? Yes. Um, So let's talk about the night. I'll I'll let you take it. Talk about the night owl because you've been here to craft breweries in uh, um, craft been, brewers. Yeah, I've been there multiple times. This one I actually had during my second visit. Uh, it's one that they offer year round. So um, if you are in an area that gets CB beers around here, you can pretty much find it at Wegman's uh, Beers of the World. There's probably other beer shops where you can find it. Probably some gas stations. Um, yeah, I think this is one that you might be able to get a little bit more common. It's a little bit more available. Um, at least in this area, I don't know. I can't speak to the availability of CB beers outside of this area, but you can find them in a lot of places. I think I've seen them even in consumers in Buffalo. Yeah, if you're in, if you're in the western New York area, um, and Rochester is right in the middle of like Syracuse and Buffalo, 
you're probably a good chance of being able to get it. Honeyoy is in the middle of Rochester in Syracuse, so yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that one of the nice things about this beer is it is very flavorful, and for being a porter, the alcohol isn't that bad. I think it's only like it's only five percent. Yeah, it's only five percent alcohol, so it's not gonna like knock you on your butt. Some of the ones that I have had are like ten plus percent. This one's definitely very drinkable. Um, and and it's it's got some good flavor. Uh, it's very very. It's not as rich of a flavor as some of the other porters that I've had, but it's still again very drinkable. If you like black coffee, you're probably gonna like this beer. If you don't like black coffee and you need a little more cream and sugar in your coffee, this may not be for you. See, I'm a I'm a black coffee drinker, so I definitely like this beer. Um, it's just that if you have to compare it to the other beer, that's mm-hmm. that's where it's kind of breaking down. But yeah. like, if you just gave me this beer on its own, um, it's great. And yet again, this is the kind of this is the kind of drink that, given the coffee taste, it's either a wake up in the morning type of beer, <laughs> hair of the dog, right, or will. it's a uh, it's a I can't sleep at night, so I'm going to spend all my night playing dark. Uh, don't star. <laughs> I was going to say Dark Souls, which you could also do because it's that dark. But It um, would also be appropriate. Yes, it would be. Um, but, you know, you're up all night. You're playing Don't Starve. This is a good type of beer um, when you're trying to defend your, your camp from a bunch of creepy crawlies <laughs> who are trying to kill you in the middle of the night. Um, this will keep you awake and, you know, stave off those guys. I thought it was – I thought that this was a – it's a very good beer. Um, I'm excited to drink – their other beers from craft brewers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they, at least so far, they're doing a really good job for me. Um, all right, so what are your kind of like final thoughts about Don't Starve? It's it's a fun indie game. Um, if you are more of a solitary hunter as I am and you're not afraid of the risks of going it alone definitely single player, but if you're somebody who's like, I like multiplayer co-op games, and I want to do something a bit different than just playing, like, Call of Duty or first-person shooter, Don't Start Together is still really solid, even though it is still relatively early in development, but I've played it several times at this point, have not had any weird, like, glitches that have... Took away from the gameplay? Exactly, exactly. There are some games, I don't even know why they're even available in early access, but this one is well, good. There was a game that you played that you reviewed that I think they, like, changed the whole game. Like, you played it, and it was really bad. It was a game... So, Jackie's been to PAX two times, right? Mm-hmm. Hopefully, the third one, I will go with it. Yeah. Third <laughs> uh, time's the charm. Next year. Um, and, uh, you know, just meeting people at PAX, uh, lots of indie developers, lots of great people there, and I remember you reviewing a game for Don't Forget a Towel, and not loving it, and then it came out, and they did change a lot of, like, the elements, because I played it, and I was like, oh, those things she complained about actually weren't that bad. I will get the name of that game. We will review it. I will tell you what it is. I think it started with an A. And we'll find something for you to drink. Yes. Yeah, I'll drink something with it. While we discuss it. Um, But, no, as far as Don't Starve, well, okay, so what do you think, uh, like, a final rating? Like, you out of ten. Out of ten. Out of ten. I would I would give it a nine point five. 
Whoa. I would give it a 9.5 out of 10. It's just so freaking enjoyable. It's more complicated than if I wanted to do, like, a speed run of Super Mario Brothers 2. But it's, you know, you can you can invest some time in it. I've had times where I've just gone in and played it for, like, 10, 15 minutes while I'm just trying to kill time. And it's... You, you're not going to get, like, stuck in a situation where you're like, oh, if I quit now, I'm going to lose my progress. No, it just, you pick up right where you left off and move on with your life. You know what I thought about this game? I think this game would do really well in the mobile market. I believe there may actually be a version available for, really? let me, let me. For, for your iPhone? Yeah, I think there's an iOS and Android version available. I don't know for certain, Um but I should probably look that up before I say yeah, these things. <laughs> uh, yeah, it might be not a bad idea. I know that I think there was some talk of it coming to mobile at some point. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's not available yet, but I think that they're kind of playing with the idea. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, because I feel like um, this is like yeah. a perfect type of game. For Pocket Edition? The Pocket Edition. There is a Pocket Edition. Uh, it will not run on the iPad 1, iPad 2, or the original iPad Mini. But, yeah, you can play it on an iPad, apparently. Okay. And it uh, looks like it's $5. Whereas, if you get it on Steam, you can get it on sale, usually. But you should just just give them your money. I think it's it's a... Because of the, the graphics aren't overly complicated you know what i mean it reminded me of playing a mobile game albeit an advanced mobile game but um all right so it does have a mobile game version on it or steam i played it on steam you played on steam Uh, i do i will also give you this disclaimer and this is 100 percent jackie's first world problems i play mine on imac with retina display and the graphics are a little pixelated on Retina Display. Okay. So, um, it doesn't take away from the gameplay at all, though. It's just everything's not quite as crisp as it might be on a smaller screen. But then again, like I said, that's my first world problem, and I'm not going to dock points on the game because of that. Yeah, I played it on a 13-inch uh, MacBook screen, and it was fine. <laughs> but that's understandable. Um, all right, so you gave it a 9.5, which is crazy. I will be a little bit harsher. I will give it probably a... I'm, I'm probably going to give it an 8. And I'm going to be one of those jackasses because of the difficult element. <laughs> like, I, I liked like it. like to lose. I don't like to lose. You know what it was? And it's not even bad at all. It's just that I got in there and they don't give you any instructions at all. They're just like, don't start. <laughs> like, that's it. That's, that's all it was. And it took me a while to get to, I mean, like I texted Jackie. I really was like, what the fuck am I supposed to be doing here? But, um, and then I started looking up a couple of like strategy <laughs> things online because I do want to play and I want to get decent at it. But, um, that was the only thing was like, like literally having zero clue, no tutorial at all. I can't say, like, it, I'm docking it two points mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, people who might give it, like, a 30 or whatever. It's, like, it's a very good game. Once you get the idea that this is how I survive, these are what these things mean. Because, like, that's the other thing. It's, like, well, if I eat um, if I eat berries, 
I'm not going to be hungry. But if I eat flowers, that's not really going to matter for my hunger level, but it is going to matter for my happiness level. Yeah. And, like, these are things that come up about from dying five, ten times. And also keep in mind that something that is, if you play different characters, something that's completely fine for one of your people to eat is not okay for someone else. Right. I have made that mistake. There's this one, like, crazy character that can only eat meat. Oh, so really? if you try to eat anything else, they're going to get sick. There are some that are very sensitive to, like, uh, so as you as you continue through the game, there's an element where, like, your food begins to spoil or become stale. Yeah, if you hold it in your pocket too long, it gets spoiled. Yeah. So, or, or your inventory, rather. Yeah. Sorry. And some of your characters, for that very reason, are, you know, going to reject the food outright. There's one that doesn't tolerate spoilage. There's one that I think will, like, only eat plants. There's one that, like, takes health. They take damage because it rains. Um, Are so, they Alfalba from The Wizard of Oz? <laughs> <laughs> well, they just, um, they melt? Yeah, there's one that's a robot. Oh. So I, well, I yeah. don't know if that's exactly it. And then there's like there's like some that have phobias and some that are like, they're more resilient at certain times of night because they're not afraid of the dark and they have a creepy twin that'll come check on them. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, there's, there's, there's a lot more complexity if you want it, but if you just need to figure it out, then you'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, the game is very good. I just, uh, that's the only, well, why do you take off half a point? Because it's... Because it's too hard. It's too hard. <laughs> and there are no cheats available. If, anything, <laughs> if, if anybody knows me who plays games, if I'm doing single player, I won't cheat if somebody else is going to be hurt by it, but... I enable cheats in, like, every single Do you game. really? Every single player. Oh, my, my gosh. Every single one. Why? Like God Mode in Skyrim. Um, really? You know, Rosebud in The Sims. It's, <laughs> I, it's, I don't like to die. Oh, my God. Well, I don't want to die, either. I don't have a death wish, especially in Don't Starve, but I, I've never used the... Okay, no. I've definitely used cheat codes. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's usually after I beat the game, or if it's, like... Grand Theft Auto, where I'm like, okay, I can either go and do missions, but sometimes I just want to blow shit up and, and raise my wanted level, and I want to get the FBI or whatever after me, and therefore I'm going to need a rocket launcher, probably a really fast motorcycle, <laughs> <laughs> and then the ability to like jump super high or something ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, but that's that's funny, like that you you do that. That's funny. <laughs> There's no cheat mode. Give me my cheat mode. I would like cheat mode. Clay, if you're mi- if you're listening and you're not offended by me, probably horribly mispronouncing your name, please give me a cheat mode. It might be Clay though, because like L E A I is Lay, so I think Clay's the closest. Clay, one. it's probably Clay. Yeah, um, we've been saying Clee, we've Clay, been, sorry. We're very sorry. You know, get get on my case. If I see you at PAX, like you know, just talk shit about me. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. So at PAX, we will, we'd be happy to to talk to these guys. All right. Um, so final thoughts out of 10 for the beers. Let's start at the uh, the raspberry. That one was pretty good. I think considering that it's a fruit beer, I would have expected a little bit more of a fruit taste. So I'm going to give it an 8.5. Okay. You and your points. Your point somethings. Okay. I, I'm going to give this one... I'm not going to do a 0.5. I'm going to say... 
again, it's an eight. I do agree with you. Like, I do think it's a good, it's a good beer. I think it could be sweeter for a raspberry ale. Um, the the aftertaste is not as sweet as I would like, and uh, for that, I would take off two points. But it does taste nice. It does taste refreshing. It's a good alcohol um, level. So, eight out of ten. All right, Night Owl Cream Porter by Craft Brewers. It's not. It's not my favorite porter that I've ever had. It's very good. It's very drinkable. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it an eight. Um, there are other porters that I've had that, with a porter, just for whatever reason, I expect at least a little bit of sweetness with it, possibly. Really? Um, okay. The, uh, like I, my frame of reference is the Rohrbach Vanilla Porter, which is also a local brewery. And they make a very, 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 very good vanilla porter. That being said, it has a much higher alcohol content. Rohrbach's beers, for the most part, are ass-kicking beers, They've I feel. been doing it for a very, very long yeah, time. Yeah, they know what they're doing. <laughs> they know what they're doing. But this one's very drinkable. It's very, you know, readily available. Um, it would be a good first porter if you've never had one before because it's very light and smooth. Yes. Some of them do tend to be a little bit hoppier. Um, and for those of you who are not familiar, it's a, more bitter. Um, but this one, this one's very, it's very mellow. It's very good. It's just, I, from my porters, I do expect a little bit more sweetness, especially if it's got cream in the name. So. I'm going to give this one a, uh, I'm going to give it a seven. Like, I, I liked it. I, I don't think it's a bad tasting beer. Um, I guess, you know, I, I like a little bit heavier of a beer when it comes to porter. Mm-hmm. I also like a higher alcohol content level. Um, but that's it. <laughs> like yeah. it tastes fine. Like yeah. as far as like the coffee flavoring goes, I do love coffee and I love just black coffee. So I love the flavor of it. And that, that right there is giving me the seven out of 10. I just like it a little bit heavier, like a little bit more alcohol content, but, um, Maybe also maybe a point in there for uh, the owl smoking a cigar while drinking a beer. He's probably a blast at a party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, he definitely is. All right. Well, cool. Um, any any final thoughts? Um, they uh, Check out Don't Starve. Don't Starve Together. And if you guys have any beers that you think would be a better pairing or anything local for you guys that you think is amazing, let us know. Um, you can email us at brewlist at gmail.com. That's B as in boy, R as in Roger, E as in Edward, W as in whiskey, E as in echo, L as in Larry, I as in Ivan, S as in Sam, T as in Tom at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at brewlist or uh, visit us on Facebook. Just look up brewlist and it will get you where you need to go. Yeah, and we're going to be doing... Um Social media stuff. Uh, are we going to do an Instagram? I think we're doing it. We have an Instagram. Doing an Instagram. So you can take a look at the pictures on there and um, listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher. I think that's it. Yeah. That's at least for now. All right. So this is Casey's <laughs> saying uh, drink up and that. Uh, and this is Jackie. Stay thirsty. Take care. Thank you.